I'm tired of watching people exercise. I'm tired of watching people, you know, be healthy and weigh less than me. I think that they should be forced to be less healthy. I think that is a good thing. I think that people should lose the right to speak if they have their own thoughts. I don't think that's good. I think, I think we've Twitter lost Dylan. I think Twitter should tell us what we can and cannot say. I think it's good. I like it. Wow. <laughs> everyone welcome back to episode 15 of everyone is canceled i'm your host dylan randall and i have with me today mr john morgan hello everybody there he is and uh mary visser my girlfriend howdy she's a cowgirl <laughs> well darn tootin doody up cowgirl yeah we live in the desert oh yeah allegedly this week's episode is going to be sort of Mary's deal. She's been wanting to talk about uh, the college system and how education is changing and how intellectuals are sort of being shut out systematically. Science is changing. Scientists, the way we hire scientists are changing. And that, therefore, is going to change the world. And we'll explain how. It's a huge deal. It's been on Joe Rogan. There's been intellectuals talking about it on the alleged dark web because they've been shut out from Twitter and such. Uh, and we're going to get into that. But we have to cover the cancellation of the week. <laughs> and do you guys know what the cancellation of the week is this this time? Oh. I know, I know, I know. CNN is allegedly canceled from the world. Oh, thank goodness. I'm actually going to let Mary cover this because she's just dying to get on the mic and tell you guys about this. This is all alleged. We're writing a fictional book. It's up in the air. But if you want to Google this or preferably DuckDuckGo where you actually find research, nobody's stopping you. Go ahead and take the wheel, Mary. <laughs> all right. So this actually happened just a couple weeks ago, but I just heard about it recently off of uh, Dave Smith's podcast. And... Um, so Charlie Chester, the technical director at CNN, was caught on camera on tape in a series of Tinder dates by Project Veritas, which is like this group of journalists that go to infiltrate these corrupt systems to try and catch them in the act, you know, and they caught him. We caught poor Charlie Chester on five Tinder dates. Allegedly corrupt. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. And um, yes. hmm. there's this whole video. You can find it on YouTube if if you search deep enough, because I'm sure YouTube's trying to cover this up, too, for whatever their own agendas are. Uh, yeah, they've absolutely buried yeah. it. In fact, it wasn't too long after it aired that uh, Twitter shut down the Project Veritas Twitter account. Oh, my goodness. Um, if I actually, I think I actually linked one of these videos um, to our text chat. And if you click on the link, it's just not there anymore. They took it down. Oh, man. Yeah. It's so interesting how hard it is to find an act, like a news story that isn't put out there by somebody. And we're not corrupt. blaming anybody. We're not blaming anybody or company for anything. Uh, we are simply stating our experience and the experience allegedly of others. So when you Google allegedly. things or you 
look at things on YouTube and they don't pop up, but they do on DuckDuckGo and these things are there on video. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Well, just be careful too because DuckDuckGo is a subsidiary of Google. Oh, no. Which is sort seems like a conflict of interest. So I, I don't know where else you would go. I'm sure there's another search engine available for us to yeah, use. It's, it's no, called you'll, Bing. You'll find it. DuckDuckGo is pretty good, but I just think I don't, I don't trust it completely. The truth is out there. So, Mary, uh, why don't you talk about some of the things that were discussed on what CNN is doing and why are they allegedly canceled this week? Yeah, so on these five dates, it was this one of the journalists, they haven't released her name, they're keeping her anonymous, but she was working for Project Veritas, and she was just asking him all these questions about whether CNN was pretty much essentially a propaganda machine, and this Charlie Chester guy just took took the bait and was just swinging his oh hook line and yeah sinker. he was swinging oh, his yes. dick about the kind of power that cnn has on manipulating the population and specifically what he talked about was the death toll count that they would have on the side of the screen 24 7 on the cnn um they would say that his boss would sometimes be like well let's take it down today maybe as an experiment or maybe he just morally was conflicted and was like, we need to stop doing this. And then the big red phone rings. Yeah. They, they speak of this big red phone, which is like in a back room and it's, it's the head of the network that has the direct line to that red phone. So whenever that red phone rings, you know, it's the big guy talking and he just immediately is like, this isn't keeping me, watching like if the death count isn't up there i don't want to keep watching so they know that fear is a great motivator to for their ratings so they ride on that factor so apparently there's a a a red devil phone at the back of cnn (laughs) and when they answer the phone on the other side of that line my top informants are telling me that satan is on the other line of that phone satan is informing cnn what to talk about and uh that just gets me Charlie, put that, put those data back on the side of the screen. See, it's good for ratings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, we all kind of suspected this. I mean, not all of us, but, you know, us in this conversation. The people who are still free thinkers. Yeah. We're just like, okay, like something weird's going on. Why are they trying to make us scared of everything all the time? It's like, well, that's why. And they know it. They're completely aware of it and they take advantage of it. We'll talk about how he was stating on video about how fear sells, about how CNN isn't necessarily worried about uh, being unbiased. In fact, how he talks about how they are biased and how fear sells and how they um, allegedly keep information down to get Trump um, kicked out of office and they push other information to the front to get Biden elected. Go on about that. Yeah. So that was another thing they were talking about. He pretty much gave CNN credit for getting Trump out of office. He said if it wasn't for CNN and their campaign against him, that Trump would most likely still be in office, which is just like interesting to hear someone, the technical director of CNN, just so casually just admit it to this girl on a date. And he's just completely, just the awareness and 
you hear like his train of thought and you can hear like the culture of CNN being revealed in these conversations too. Like he'll say it's not exactly open, but it's kind of an unsaid thing among everyone who works at CNN that they are manipulating people and that mani- that, that control that that amount of manip- manipulation is so powerful that it could sway a whole election. That was absolutely the best part and he's explaining to this girl how you know that the anchors at CNN will will lead people who they have on 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 air to with with the questions that they ask them they will lead them to say what they want them to say. I'm sitting here at like watching this uh, this Tinder date totally lead him into answering all of these exactly, questions. Right? <laughs> Just like you are a victim of your own yeah. nonsense, and I do not feel sorry. I was thinking for you that too. It's so funny how she's asking him how to manipulate people. Like, oh, how do you manipulate yeah. people with this stuff? And it's oh, so funny because yeah. she's like obviously mastered oh, it. Tell me more, you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, what does that mean? Because she wants him to clarify and, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. criminalize himself even further. Tell me about the big red phone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And to him, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm so smart. I'm explaining these things to her. It's like, no, you're just putting the nail in the coffin. But, <laughs> yeah, that was that was really funny. Um I find it interesting because this guy seems allegedly like he could have at one point been a decent human being. He doesn't seem like the devil. He's right. not the dark shadow guy yeah. with the cigar in a back room that we would expect to see this video pop out from, right? It's in a restaurant. He's on a Tinder date. He seems like somebody who could have at one yep. point possibly felt bad about this in a way. And he even talks about how uh, news is – there is no news that's unbiased anymore. And he says the only the most unbiased news that you're going to get – cue everyone is canceled are these grassroots in the basement podcasts and he even said mm. once they start to make money you see them starting to self-censor allegedly so I, th- I find it interesting that he gave a little shout out to where you should be getting allegedly your news from if you want unbiased news yeah. and that is underground <laughs> podcasts like ourselves um it's a man. crack up man and it can show how money Literally. can change people Recording in my basement right yeah. now with my tinfoil hat on, protecting my brain from the, you know, the five G, the six thousand six hundred sixty-six Gs in my head. Yeah, we need a big red phone, sixty, yeah. where I can leave the room and call you on it, and I could role play. Oh man, yeah. you got to put that in as a graphic on this time. Take out the sun and, and then overlay your face yeah. over. A, you know, a red phone. Like, Put yourself in the dial or something. Photoshop your eyes onto the phone, like just some weird cartoon. Do it. Make laser eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. lasers. Like those anime laser flash eyes. Look at my yeah. lasers. <laughs> Pick up the phone, Dylan. Pick up the Sell phone. Satan soul. wants to talk to you. <laughs> uh, for nine ninety nine, you can sell your soul. You want to talk to Lucifer, boy? You go pick up that red phone right there. Only true fans will get the uh, the nine ninety nine uh, <laughs> Easter and egg in that one. If you guys want <laughs> to you talk want- to the devil, let us know. We can try to get some red phones out. Nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. We'll talk to Diggs. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> but 
yeah, it's just, it's cool to get that confirmation of what we kind of all been feeling about mainstream media narratives, just to have some higher up guy and CNN right. just casually just talk about it. Well, let's keep this balanced Still because the there's left and right wing people listening here. And I yeah, want everybody exactly. to know on both spectrums that he said himself, uh, CNN is no different than Fox. Yeah. Just on the different other Which side. Which I of completely the agree with. Yeah, they're all trying to feed us a narrative, fear based narratives from all, opposite spectrums. Those grassroots it's all podcasts. Propaganda. Uh, that's, a, that's a good bet. Even Joe Rogan, he's pretty grassroots, as, as big as he is. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. kind of kept his way. Go ahead and talk. Speaking of Joe Rogan, uh, real quick on this, Mary told me a very interesting point. Um, apparently, when podcasts talk about the pandemic, that C word, uh, they get specifically vaccines. Specifically vaccines, they um, they instantly get demonetized, no matter what they're saying about it, allegedly. And people like Joe Rogan are continuing to, and Tim Dillon are continuing to talk about it allegedly, anyways, at the expense <laughs> of being demonetized. Um, and I think that's a real. Interesting sign of things to come and a sign of how strong they are for keeping the news coming out. Yeah, like you can kind of gauge the level you can trust a certain source by whether they'll self-censor or not, you know, because it's not up to them what topics are allowed to be talked about and what you can make money off of. It's up to YouTube, Google, you know, Twitter, Amazon, all of these big companies are forcing you to censor yourself if you want to make an extra buck on your ads and they will still run ads on your video and make that money for you like that's even what the if, trip is yeah, yeah. E- if you get demonetized they don't take ads off those videos they just take the money away from you and they keep it it's robbery <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. we're demonetizing you to ourselves yeah <laughs> allegedly <laughs> allegedly well, if they were good landlords, then they would put it in a savings account and put interest on it until you left YouTube, because <laughs> that's what they do with you. That's supposed to what they're supposed to do with your uh, deposit, you know. Pretty sure like, YouTube is my parents. <laughs> Are you my father? <laughs> Go to bed. This is Satan calling. Go to bed. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, just for you guys to, we wanted to throw that out there. That was Mary's idea for the cancellation of the week, and I think it is valid. Thank you, Project <laughs> Veritas, for doing the work that you do. Uh, I don't care who it comes from. The truth is nice to hear every once in a while. Uh, unless you guys have anything to add. Real quick, um... Do you guys see the news changing for the better with grassroots podcasts like ours and Joe Rogan? Do you see CNN and Fox slowly losing ratings and um, eventually leaving the board game? I really hope so. I hope that this kind of just starts opening people's eyes even more and more. I know a lot of eyes are already open, but the more eyes that are open, the more that'll see. I don't know that it's all bullshit. And hopefully... You know, why do we even need cable news anymore? And all these mainstream articles are all quoting tweets. Like, we get news from the horse's mouth on YouTube, on Twitter. We don't we don't need a 24-hour guy on a screen with a death count next to him just yelling po- uh, propaganda at us and just trying to manipulate us. Like, uh, I don't know what the future of CNN is. I don't... 
I have a feeling they're not interested in being more truthful. They got too much on the line, too much money, too many people's, you know, heads on chopping blocks to mm. make any real effective change. I, yeah, that's, that's, I just hope whoever listens to this, you know, kind of talks to their friends about it, talks to their family about it and kind of just the grassroots, you know, we spread the word of how we're being manipulated. And I know this topic is such a touchy topic to even bring up around friends and family right now because everything's just been so politicized. But this is not a political issue. This is not, this is a bipartisan issue. It's not one side or the other. It's both sides are acting corrupt and evil and exploiting us for you know our psychological weaknesses yeah i'd rather question the truth than believe a lie right and um yeah. whether you you agree with it or not i think uh the truth is the best um middle ground for friendly conversation and the best the, the best outcome for our society ultimately uh to re- to replace something you need a replacement right so if if you want to see youtube Stop demonetizing people. They need some competition. I think Spotify putting video on their platform. Um, I think they would be a great replacement for YouTube. If you want to demonetize, for instance, uh, I believe Spotify put out a contract allegedly for Joe Rogan, and they signed Joe Rogan onto Spotify exclusively in a way. So if Spotify is the new platform for freedom of speech and supporting the first amendment, they're going to make so much money. I would imagine because you can't do it anywhere else. If Google is censoring this article we found with project Veritas and CNN, then you have another company come out that supports the first amendment and you search for it on there. So the best way to find the truth is to first start supporting replacements like Spotify, maybe depending on which route they decide to go. Yeah. I don't don't know too much about Spotify, but I well, hope so. I know. So when Joe Rogan did first join onto Spotify, there was a lot of rumors going on that they weren't uploading the Alex Jones episodes, and they also took down some of the other episodes that were upsetting to their own staff because some of the staff of Spotify had issues with some of the things that people said on those episodes. So they just simply didn't even <laughs> want to upload it onto Spotify. But Joe Rogan kind of Need pushed back a little bit on place. that. I I still don't know the full story. Yeah, I saw. I forgot what I was gonna say. So, carry on. <laughs> was it about Alex Jones on Spotify? No, oh. <laughs> no. Where I, do you think news is going, John? Um, it's really interesting. I I don't know. I think we've started to see a bit of uh, of people waking up. Not not wokeness, which I think is stupid, but people really just. Uh, beginning to ask their own questions and say, well, you know, uh, is that true? And and not looking at the little white box that shows up at the bottom of the of whatever post it is, but actually going out and looking at, at an issue from the opposite side or, you know, just reading two or three articles about something and getting, you know, a, a gist of, of the truth and then and then making their own assumptions and you make you know having their own opinion i am guys i am so tired of hearing the same opinion from like four different people I'm like that's not your opinion yeah that's your par- that's your party opinion that's not your opinion that's your uh, just stop it 
just to stop. <laughs> Please. I'm so tired of it. I don't even like debating right. people anymore because all you get is the same rhetoric. And it, it's just, it's all propaganda and it, it's all very misleading. And it starts in a very specific place. I think we're going to talk about that tonight. Yeah, and I almost want to ask those people, who am I debating right now? Am I debating CNN or Fox? Yeah, right. I, I'm not debating you because your eyes are glazed over right now and Satan is behind them. <laughs> I'm debating Satan. I'm tired of debating Satan in the forms of many people around the world. It's really making me grow some gray hairs. Uh, I need some more corn syrup. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like your yeah. points. I like where this is going. Uh, on to the main topic. That might be one of my favorite cancellations of the week because it has meaning. Spotify, if you're listening, you are getting listeners and you were smart to go with Joe Rogan, in my opinion, because you signed him on. Uh, I hope you continue to be a platform of free speech. I guarantee... Over half the country is in support of that, and you will make your money. Maybe more than that because there's so few platforms that support that right now. There needs to be a search engine that does as well since DuckDuckGo is a subsidiary of Google. Not saying anything. I'm just saying I need, I'd need. i like to see a new company. Yeah. Well, good luck. Right. Uh, on to what are what is the situation of the educated masses in our country right now and mary has a very interesting insight on the the system of um education and where it is going and how it ties in with big money big science big uh politics etc it's not necessarily based on science so much and the truth as much as uh allegedly just making that bottom dollar and we're going to get into that. I'm just going to let Mary go because she blew my mind with this and I just had to have her on to tell you guys about this because it's really interesting stuff. So if you just want to take us uh, on this journey of yours. Yeah, sure. So I was originally just going to talk about grad school, PhD programs specifically. And um, now you just made me think, you know, with all this propaganda we've been talking about, this makes me want to talk about the evergreen college fiasco that happened a couple few years ago with Brett Weinstein, um, who is an evolutionary biologist who was a professor there. And woke culture just completely took over the campus. They um, were militant, pretty much. They were the students, I'm saying. So these students became so woke that they wanted to have a school day that was so no white students allowed for one day on campus and this professor Brett Weinstein was he's you know as liberal and progressive as the next professor and he just was like completely against this because it is inherently racist and just the blowback he he got fired from his university for standing up for having a campus that has students attending peacefully together. And um, I'm trying to like, because I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting to talk about this necessarily. So I I need to rack my brain a little bit. Well, it's, an, it's a great intro into what you're going to be getting into. College is not what your parent is. College is not the college that your parents went to anymore. College is not the college, especially that your grandparents went to. It's not so much of an education system. And Mary has a great argument as to why we're not convincing you. We're not telling you what to think. Uh, we're just simply giving you some information that you may not have known or you may find interesting. Yeah. So you want to know why tuition prices are so high 
it started back in 1965 when Lyndon B. Johnson just passed the Higher Education Act to create a federally funded age. So basically, okay, <laughs> let me start this over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> Mary's had 14 beers. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> yeah, that was my. this is my first one, and I only had a few sips. But 98% alcohol and no. 48 ounces. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, you lush. <laughs> but um, anyway, so... It's called the Big Red Phone. <laughs> the Big Red Phone. <laughs> Look at his face. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's what you see when you FaceTime the big red phone. <laughs> like, that's, my, my that's, just his, that's just his profile picture. You missed it. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. I take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the devil. <laughs> devil. So, just, so my generation, I feel like we were right at the... I was graduated from UCLA in 2014, and I feel like we were just at the beginning of this realization that liberal science degrees will get you nowhere. You won't get a job. Like, if you're a philosophy major, you're going to be working as a barista for the rest of your life, stuff like that. And I think it's just kind of started, like, this whole just kind of misdirected rage and anger in my generation of millennials that we're just we've been sold this lie to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on a degree that you'll never pay back for because you're going to be working at Starbucks for the rest of your life and it the reason why tuition has become so high a lot of people don't know this is because of federal loans being so highly accessible. So back in the 60s, Lyndon B. Johnson passed um, this Higher Education Act to allow students to... <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're distracting me. <laughs> so basically, federal government was like, okay, we're going to give you loans so you can afford these higher tuitions. So schools are like, wow, students can afford higher tuitions now. Let's raise the prices and we can get more students to give us those loans if we get better amenities, if we get better gyms, if we put in like a skate park, if we put in a movie theater on campus, like if we make this Disney World experience to sell to students, they were willing to pay the extra dollars to come to our campus to learn. So the tuition has just been hike, just getting hiked up more and more and more and more over the decades. And now we're just at the situation where it's meaningless now. It's useless. Everybody has a degree and there's no jobs, no meaningful jobs out there. If, if you do get a job with your career, a lot of people just are just completely unhappy with it you're pushed into this before your brain is fully developed before you even know what to do with your life me personally speaking I wish I had a couple more years to get a better idea to to decide what degree I wanted to go to get in a better direction for a career later on I feel like this whole generation has this misdirected rage that's being manipulated by the media be like oh 
You want to know why you're not successful? It's racism. You want to know why you're not successful? It's sexism in the workplace. That's why. It's not this whole rigged system from the very beginning that that's not the people in power, the rich. It's not their fault. It's your neighbor. And they're just tearing apart this country with this narrative of that it's your fault or that it's your the poor people's fault. You know, it's it's racism. It's sexism. It's your neighbor. It's your brother. It's your, you know, the people that you deal with day to day, not the one percent. So I'm just like mixing a whole bunch of these ideas together into one. <laughs> Mix up the big red phone. Because yeah. <laughs> that doesn't just yeah. go into education. That idea that I just spoke about of them dividing us, that, that has infiltrated almost every sector of our lives at this point. And it's just a brilliant way to manipulate the masses to not be mad at the rich, not be mad at those in power but to be mad at each other instead. But anyways, where I was going with um, no jobs being available, even if you do get a degree in mathematics and science and engineering, even those jobs have, their salaries have significantly declined over the years because there is an oversaturation in employees out there. There's an oversaturation with competition for these small amount of jobs so now you see scientists anthropologists archaeologists getting paid only fourteen thousand dollars a year and the reason for that is because in 1990 this immigration act reform was passed to allow more uh, foreign immigrants to come and get their phds here and they what helped pass this act in the first place was a falsified document, it's a falsified study telling people that there was a shortage in labor when there really wasn't, but they created a false shortage in labor to drive down salaries with more um, employees coming from China, from um, all these various countries all over the world, I mean, obviously. But yeah, they it's just like these systems of power that are just continuously screwing us over and corruption. I I don't even know. I'm just having a one-sided conversation here. I don't even know. So, what's stopping uh scientists or what's stopping somebody com- coming over here with incentive to become a scientist from China and then leaking all that information that they learn as a scientist to China? Yeah, exactly. Like so that's a worry of the current intellectuals, right? Yeah. So I wanted to just I'm kind of spewing a lot of stuff without much um, references. But what I've heard this information from is Eric Weinstein. Um, and he has just come out uh, with all this information on Joe Rogan's podcast about how he revealed this scheme and confronted the boards of directors involved in education and in Congress about the scheme caught them in the act and he's gotten standing ovations from these crowds because they wanted to hear the truth they wanted to hear that american scientists are screwed over because of decisions being made in the 80s to flood the market flood um, the demand for these scientists and engineers so that they can get cheap labor 
they didn't want to pay all that money for their engineers anymore. They're willing to get cheap labor sent over here from China, essentially, and then in exchange for their cheap labor, they get citizenship out of this. So these immigrants are rewarded to get their PhDs here. They're willing, and the universities benefit off of this too because uh, international students have to pay a hefty increase in tuition to be able to study in the United States. So the incentive is, if you want to live in America and be a citizenship, uh, and get citizenship, you pay $100,000, $200,000 for your PhD, then you get a job, and then bam, you're a citizen of the United States. And it sounds great on paper. It sounds great for progressives. Like, we need uh, immigrants, the best immigrants of the world coming to this melting pot to make America better and smarter and our scientists are going to be better than ever before. But really what it actually did was put American scientists under the bus. So now they're struggling to pay the bills. They're struggling to even Mm. have families and being discouraged to have families. It's a backdoor way to lower the wages for one of the only jobs that can pay higher than minimum wage. Yeah, because there's more and more jobs disappearing from the American workforce, and they're finding new ways to take these uh, middle of the road wages, uh, middle class wages, if you will, and basically take them away from Americans. And so, what's the, what are the impl- what are the implications of this 20 30, 20, 30 years down the road? So, what's kind of a comp- becoming more and more common nowadays is finding out that there are these Chinese PhD students that are secretly getting paid by China to do to do their the dirty work to spy on us. They have the first look of our cutting edge research. They're in like the top labs of our country as PhD students. And once and then they find out they're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars from the Chinese government to tell them what they're finding out in these labs. And so China's, this is what Eric Weinstein said. I guess Eric Weinstein is what he would prefer his name to be called. (laughs) Um, He was saying that China is getting all the benefits of a free democratic society, all the innovations that we get, all the everything that democracy you know all the good things of democracy produces they get that with their draconian dictatorship society so it's just it's robbery and america is just selling them selling ourselves out because we just need the bottom line at the end of the day we just need the next election we just you know, this, well, this quarter, we, we need to show the board that we're doing better next quarter and our profits are going to be better or we're going to get a better dowry or we're going to get a better or endowment. I mean, you know, for the universities, we're going to get better grants. We're going to get better this. And it's just all, you know, comes down to money and just not really Mm. looking out for the average American citizen. Yeah. I think there's a lot of nuance to this too. The, uh, the fact that universities and colleges as a whole don't really have the respect of the populace anymore, which has been proven in uh, in Sally May polls, um, 
it's like something absurd, like 83% of people are, are skeptical about the direction in which uh, higher education institutions are going. Um, but it, it, it was really, it's a huge discussion because of all the angles where this comes from, because where we are now, you know, it has been happening for, uh, for decades. Um, and part of that is, is the way our, our culture is evolving. Um, you know, back in the day, um, we were, uh, an honor driven society, which, uh, means that, you know, if something is, if you take offense to something, you take care of it personally. Um, you see a, a lot of, uh, honor driven societies, uh, like, uh, like, Islamic or Muslim societies are, are honor societies, um, uh, like Indians, not Native Americans, but um, but Indians over over yonder. Uh, those are also uh, honor societies, and you know they they still maintain a caste system. Um, that eventually changed into a, a diversity society, and or a diverse or not a diversity, but a a. a dignity dignity slash justice where where you know we decided as a country to allow the law to handle um the big issues uh to, you know to judge on those and then to just let the small stuff go right don't sweat the small stuff um, and that's really where diversity flourished because in that time period you could live next to somebody who you had complete disagreement with and be just fine um what we have now uh, what's been happening over the past uh, 20 to 30 years is this rise of, of victimhood culture, right? And you hear that a lot. I, I hear uh, pundits talk about it, but it, it's, it's a real thing. It's a, it's a mindset and it's being, it's being propagated in all levels of our education system. Um, what happens is uh, you become hypersensitive to slights. Like in the honor culture, except that you don't take care of it yourself. You appeal to a third party to do that punishing for you. And we're starting to see uh, magnificent examples of this in uh, Antifa and the Proud Boys and you name it. Uh, you can find yourself a third party just about anywhere. Um, what happens there then is that these, uh, these up-and-coming students become morally dependent. They no longer are are judging for themselves they're they're not stepping up for themselves um they have things in um in in colleges now you know you you get upset like oh you know finals are coming i'm so i'm so stressed out so the the colleges and universities are putting out um like uh, like puppy days right where you can go and you can play with a puppy so <laughs> yeah. that, you know you can you know you're not you could de-stress with, you know, playing with some puppies, which I'm not saying is it don't work, but what they're doing is, is that they're protecting, instead of dealing with the stress, right, they're deferring it and they're seeking a third party to defer it for them. Um, so students are being, are being raised to be morally dependent. Um, so why are they doing this? Part of it is everything that you talked about, uh, Mary, um, Part of it is that uh, there is in the background this desire to to undermine the American workforce, installing uh, diversity 
from outside sources in in such a way that you can propagate the 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 best of what you want at no cost right because what most of what's going to happen is these people are going to come in they're going to learn and then they're going to leave you know there's no medicare there's no um you know there's no insurance there's no there's no cost you just get the benefit of their research and then they're gone and then that's it you don't have to worry about it part of the other problem of this is is that um we start to see things and people are going to go crazy with this but one of the biggest issues I had with the Obama administration and um, and with this administration now is that uh, race and discrimination are, are it's just it, we are just pumping it and pumping it and pumping it. It's like if you concentrate on a subject intensely, then people will start to find it even though it's not there. Absolutely, and that's what we're that's what we're seeing right now, and and that is really. Um, ha- has ingrained in the uh, the higher education institutions. Um, so now 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 students are walking on eggshells. Um, so they've become they've become fearful, which is you know which is a great manipulation tactic, as we so recently learned from um, from Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> um, is that they have a fear of walking like, a, a single word. Or a single tweet will suck you into a vortex of being investigated and social media shame, and and now you're going to have to like apologize and kneel, and you know we're all going to put on um, you know African scarves and and kneel like the Democrats did. Um, Submit to the mob. Exactly. Um, or lose and, your voice completely. So, and, and this is this is the this is the culture of higher education universities. So now you have, and because higher education universities, like you said, Mary, are accepting federal grant money, um, they have, which is diminishing now, uh, which is why one reason why um, uh, tuition costs are going up, uh, because federal funds are going down, tuition costs are going up. Um, and and even there's it goes even deeper too when you look at, at the sports ex, um, aspect of this, yeah. but um, but staying <laughs> trying to stay on track with with this is um, so now you have this isn't just affecting the students this is affecting professors too students are no longer respecting their professors they walk in millennials now it's such a complex psyche they're living in fear of the words that they use. But the words that they use um, will try to uh, to undermine the authority of the people around them. So you know, I've, I've had uh, accounts, anecdotal accounts from of professors that I've been reading that say when students walk in, you know, instead of uh, addressing the professor as professor, they address the professor by their first name. So now students are putting themselves um, on par with, or or in this uh, f- familiar way. Uh, with these professors, the 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 level of respect isn't there anymore. It's not teacher student anymore. Now it's like it's this giant peer group. Um, and the level and, of respect even, is also diminished between administration and professors because absolutely. administration's listening to the students now. If the student makes a complaint, exactly. if they discussed a tough, touchy subject and they said something that the student didn't like, then administration approaches that professor and says you have to stop talking about abc or else you're fired 
Right. And and that's one of the big fears for universities is that they'll be sued. They could be sued by anybody. You get a student who trips over a crack in the sidewalk and all of a sudden they're discriminated against because they have to walk on the cracked sidewalk and not on the, you know, on the brand new sidewalk. And and it just becomes this uh, this liturgical paperwork. It's um, people are so the students um, and professors are so triggered by all microaggressions that that and, and this is this is that culture of victimhood right it's you know somebody has offended me it's all about me i'm the one who's oppressed here i'm oppressed um it no just go out and we need to get back to the culture of of dignity and justice where we can where we can support ourselves Understand what we think because because we think it. These are you know take take responsibility and accountability for our own thoughts, um, and then get back to letting the small stuff go. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I absolutely agree. <laughs> Last year, I probably wouldn't have agreed with you the way I do now, but I'm just kind of starting to really tap into this victim culture. And I experienced myself, like I took this class called Feminist Geography at UCLA, and the whole class was, let's find what's problematic about society. It wasn't necessarily about finding solutions. It was about nitpicking and finding the problems, and that's why you're not successful. That's why women aren't successful in general. Instead of just looking at like a realistic, bigger picture point of view perspective of it it was like about tearing down this system and the system's not perfect we do need to critically think and think critically of these structures but at the same time the way this is being fed to us is that it's 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 like a revenge like these systems are so uh discriminatory instead of finding like a good middle ground solution that'll be good for everyone, we need revenge on men. We need revenge on white people. How can we hurt them for them hurting us for so long? Instead of just letting it go and just moving on and creating a better society, it's they want to tear down society. Feels like that's bordering on might is right in a fascist uh, sort of alignment. Yeah. And and letting it go in as much as acknowledging, you know, the the, the problems um, of where our country generated, not not letting it go like you just need to forget slavery. No, that's not that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like letting it go because I have never owned slaves and my grandfather has never owned slaves and his grandfather has never owned slaves. Like maybe back a generation, but we're so far removed from that now that it's like, hey, we need to talk about this because we don't want to end up back there. But this is not a current situation anymore. Um, everybody from for the past 50 years since the civil rights movements, so even longer since the 1960s, has had opportunities to make decisions for themselves to better themselves. And, and instead, our, our education systems have, have uh, put even children in places where, you know, you, you start to see, well, a good example, uh, this guy, Nassim Taleb, 
has a notion called anti-fragility, where certain things in the world are anti-fragile. They get tougher the more you bang them around. And that's not happening in the lower levels of our education systems. Everybody gets, you know, a, a four foot by four foot space in which they have their desk, they have their books, they all learn the same way, everything is the same, you know, which, you know, is absolutely against um, biology because people do not think the same, they don't learn the same. Um, so now you have children being brought up in a, in a, in a one learning system, you know, one teaching system um, where everybody gets some kind of a sticker, everybody gets an award, all you got to do is show up. Um, kids are not uh, strong anymore. They're fragile. And when they grow up, they carry this with them. And they move, you know, they're taking this into, I mean, this is the, the problem that we're having now is going to extend much longer down the road because in order to, we're talking about two, three, maybe even four generations of, of kids that, that are growing up without being able to hear an opinion they don't agree with and, and be okay. Yeah. And I, I personally am a product of that you know, that Me type too. of thinking, that type, that manipulation, whatever you want to call it, you know, the way that I was yeah. taught from university on. And then it gets reinforced by your echo chamber of peers on social media. And yeah. there's not a lot of reason to question when you just hear everybody reverbing the same, echoing the same opinions. So... It, it honestly right. wasn't until Dylan challenged me on a lot of ideas. It, it hurt a lot at first for me to actually digest the conflict, to digest the differences in opinions, to be able to come out on the other side and be like, okay, maybe I was brainwashed a little bit. Like nobody wants to admit they were wrong. Just a little bit though. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little. Because you have a degree from a, like a really well-renowned, world-renowned institution. Right. You don't want to be told that right. you were taught the wrong things. And you weren't necessarily taught the wrong things, but the spin on it was wrong. I'm just some guy in the yeah. desert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> if your whole, like, worldview can be, you know, your, you know, even PhD programs, if your worldview is so fragile that it could be challenged by just a guy in the desert, not knocking down guys in the desert, but like if that's the way you view the world with that ego, with that mindset of your degree of being in that echo chamber, like, yeah, it's just it's hard to reevaluate your own beliefs when when you've just come through all of that. Hmm. Yeah, I really think that if we fail this next generation, it's not going to be because we challenge them. It's going to be because we didn't challenge them enough. Yeah, because adversity, you know, you know, creates strength and we're taking away all adversity right now. Anything that yes. resembles any hardships like that's yeah. illegal. That's like that's a crime that somebody that's has right. to go through a hard time. And no, then, little Johnny, yeah. you didn't get first place because, you know, Betsy or or Jordan or Michael are did a better job. They're smarter than you. <gasps> you can't 
say that. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jordan everybody's, Peter talks about. Every, yeah, everybody's talks smart. talks a lot about that kind of stuff, too. I think it's interesting. And yeah. just to get a little personal here, uh, I think it's valid. Um, let's say Mary, when Mary and I first started dating, I could see she was very smart. But we had different views. And uh, as hard-headed as I am, um, and she is, we butted heads. We eventually came to a point where we were, we were able to meet on similar grounds. We were able to use introspection and debate, uh, respectable debate, even if it got heated, very heated at times. And that, that collision, if you will, of minds helped us get to a place of truth. If that took place on Twitter, I would have been engaged by the Twitter mob, reported, silenced, Mary would have been applauded for her views before any debate was allowed to happen. Now, you can see the differing endpoints there on the platform this happened in in real life where a respectable debate can happen. And on Twitter, where one side is shut down and the other side is applauded before any discussion was had. This is alleged, but you could see the problem here. You could see how silencing one side uh, over a few generations of time can lead to uh, some issues down the road. Mob mentality mindset, a a religious movement, like they're using the same tactics of religion. You can't question the rules. These are the rules you were taught. These were the morals you were taught. This is the agenda you were taught. And if you question it, that's blasphemous. And you're going to be put on a pedestal. You're going to be put on like a stool in the middle of the mob for everybody to throw rocks at you because you went against our, you know, our beliefs. That's essentially where it's it's kind of heading towards and what it's already become for, you mm. know, the radical. Which if you don't need, if you don't have context, literally happened this last summer when cars were stopped by mobs and when they didn't chant what they were told to chant, were crashed with bricks and lit on fire. Right. And this should be celebrated. You see, and, and again, you know, because we're talking about university, it happens on universities too. Students are like, students are, are, they look crazy and they have like crazy seeming behavior trends, right? And it, it, it stems from this, uh, this place where they, they have adopted this moral judgment which is, is not about finding the truth. It's more about broadcasting the kind of person you are um, to people who you want to like you, right? It's like uh, you get angry about these microaggressions because it shows that you're champion, you are a champion of victims, right? In, in this uh, victimhood culture, the only way to achieve status is to either be a victim or defend victims, and, and what all that does is make people weak and fragile instead of anti-fragile. Yeah. And it's a very smart way to get control because that's the end, that's the end game goal, right, uh, for control yeah. and silence of all, all those right. who oppose the control. And they found a very masterful way to do it using psychology and manipulation. And to argue against it is hard because we've talked about this. If you can't meme it, it didn't happen. And what are you going to yell right. when somebody calls you a racist on the side of the road? Are you going to have a... 20 minute discussion with them and intellectually while you're getting bricks hammered into your face. No, that's not the answer here. Conversations over. You've been called racist. There is no defending yourself from that without sounding like an idiot. Right. The minute you defend yourself from that, you've already lost. So how do you, 
it's not about racism. It's about freedom of speech. It's about equality for all, which isn't happening right now. No. No, they're looking for uh, for um, not equality, but equity. Yeah. Where everybody's the same. Not not where everybody starts the same and you end up, you know, where you, you know, where you merit yourself. Which there's a great short story, a uh, short story by Kurt Vonnegut. He, he's talking about this whole world where everybody is enforced to be all equal, all the same, where they're watching a program on TV of these ballerinas dancing. And this one ballerina is obviously so much better than the rest of them that she's put she has sandbags around her ankles and her shoulders just to weigh her down so she's just as bad as the other dancers <laughs> and the music is horrible and like everybody like the the main character of the short story has like an earpiece put into his ear because he's too intelligent and needs to be dumbed down so every time he has like a thought loud noise distracts him so he can't formulate ideas anymore and so it's just a whole population of these really dumbed down people just yeah it's it's a pretty pretty interesting story because it was written like in the late 60s or 70s i think so Mm. it's just like wow he kind of predicted that maybe we'll see how the future turns out big tech if you're listening please cancel kurt vonnegut He's making you guys look really bad right now. You can't let him let him inspire you to think. <laughs> right. The big red phone. Yeah. Satan is calling. Answer your destiny today. No questions. Answer the big red phone. All right. Yeah. And, you know, if, if we learned anything from Charlie and CNN, it's that Fear and outrage are the best way to keep people's attention. Yes, and that's exactly that's exactly what they're um, what they're grooming these students for in higher education institutions. And if you're scared of everything, like, are you gonna be brave right. enough to be successful in life? To start up a business? To be friends with your neighbor who has an alternate view than you, that takes some courage to an extent, you know, yeah. and especially when you're taught how they're all racist, you know, like. If you're scared of everything, you may be low on testosterone. Listen to episode 13, <laughs> which yeah. is another epidemic. Plastics have destroyed our hormone levels. Testosterone literally causes you to ask questions and to stand up for yourself. And to, even if you're outnumbered, even if the odds are against you, to, to take that risk to live a better life, to... What is that Benjamin Franklin quote you posted, John? I want everyone to hear that because I find it to be uh, profound. I don't know. Thomas Jefferson, maybe? Thomas Jefferson. Yes, sir. That's the one. <laughs> Same thing. Same guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. I, he said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it right in front of me, but he said, uh, I would, I'd rather... I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to ruin it because I'm not Thomas Jefferson. Ah, uh, Yes. I found it. He said, uh, I prefer dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery. Yeah. That's what they're promising you. Oh, you're scared of COVID? Well, if you stay home, yeah. you wear your mask, you listen to us, we're going to protect you from that boogeyman. And right. are you scared of domestic terrorism? Are you scared of 
foreign terrorism. We'll take care of you. We'll take away your rights little by little in exchange for your yeah. peace and, and happiness. Like, Right. Yeah. I think we should make all uh, skinny people purposely fatten them up like turkeys so that we're all the same. <laughs> we're all overweight. We're all unhealthy. I think that we should all be unhappy for the purpose of equality. I think that is right. I think that's what we should be doing. Because if if not everybody can be fit, I think everybody can be fat. Everybody can be fat if you tie them down <laughs> and put an IV full of fat and carbs and sugar into their bodies against their will. Uh, I think it's what equality is if everyone is 400 pounds. Or just 400 pounds strong. put everybody in a pod and live in virtual reality and then... Wow. The physical world won't even matter anymore. I'm tired of watching people exercise. I'm tired of watching people, you know, be healthy and weigh less than me. I think that they should be forced to be less healthy. I think that is a good thing. I think that people should lose the right to speak if they have their own thoughts. I don't think that's good. I think, I think we've Twitter should... I think... Twitter should tell us what we can and cannot say. I think it's good. I like it. <laughs> I just wanted to say that with all my talk about the immigration reform and international students, I'm not xenophobic. I don't know if that needs to be said. See, the minute you say that, you're yeah, xenophobic. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> but I just do believe like there was actual corruption and rigged studies that did yeah. skew the decisions for allowing that kind of immigration that ended up screwing over Americans. And I think right. we just need to figure out a better way where we can do immigration immigration that doesn't hurt our own citizens. Otherwise, then what's the point of, you know, America being great and and for people to want to be here if you're just your next generation is going to be screwed over yeah the citizenship in the united states of america the value of that citizenship has dramatically decreased in the past 30 years yeah and i just i can't help but just after seeing things like this i just want to just i just want to believe that it is corruption and money and power that is all the pretty much the main reason for this stuff it's not it's not good intentions of oh we we love immigration we love foreigners coming to enrich our society like that's always just the sugar coating you said foreigner <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna report you <laughs> Yeah, I just want the listeners out there not to be immediately turned off by what could easily be labeled a xenophobic speech. Like, no, just like try and look at it from the perspective of, you know, a more middle ground where it doesn't have to be just so right or left or, you know, extreme. Like the people making these decisions are the ones that are going to benefit from them. Father of time, the creator of the red phone, but who is on the other end of that red phone? 
So what's the end goal here? What What is the answer here? Podcasts like ours? Just uh, people talking, having yeah. conversations? Just listen to more yeah, grassroots so. podcasts from people yeah. in basements. <laughs> I don't know. I've been listening to so many podcasts recently. I really like Dave Smith. I I know a lot of these people are controversial and I'll get shit for it, but I really like Michael Malice. I like um joe rogan of course i love him i love lex friedman i love um whitney webb she's like on the edge of conspiracy theory journalism just uncovering deep dives of plots of these you know elite and remember folks controversy is sexy <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you're not turned on by that then you need to you need to reevaluate where your values are and by all means, actually, you got to question these people, too. You, I don't just listen yeah. to them and absorb all their ideas and automatically exactly. believe it. I have to digest it and decide what I feel, you know, is my aligns with what I feel, whatever is truth. But right. um, Yeah, because I, I actually don't like Joe Rogan. I don't like him at all. In fact, I don't agree with him very much at all. But I do appreciate the the questions that he asks and his open mindedness for the answers that he gets from the people that he has on his show exactly and that's why I that's why I tune in yeah it's not because I think that he's an intelligent you know well rounded person it's because you know his his conversations with these people are genuine and unedited and uh, always seeking. Uh, balance yeah so it's it's just a he's leading by example of you know what i hope more people will become more accustomed to is these long-form conversations where people can actually explain their ideas to the full you know fully to their extent and what i find interesting about joe rogan is he's the first person to tell you he's an idiot just like myself (laughs) i'm an idiot and i'm just here to hear Uh, the you know, I'm here to research and really convey the opinions of others. And he's doing the same thing in a better way for longer. He's he's there to really get as many uh, opinions out there as possible to find to try to find what the truth is from scientists, from right. philosophers, intellectuals, engineers, astronauts, fighter pilots, you name it. Um, and he's doing a good job at that. And he comes from a, right. a place of a, a little bit of humility to be able to call yourself an idiot like that it takes a lot of strength and he's able to listen because of that and um like john i I enjoy listening to joe rogan for many reasons and i may not agree with anybody on everything right nobody does and if you think you are you're lying to yourself but um, i think hearing the opinions from all sides of the of the spectrum as we always say is entertaining and informational and just downright uh grassroots uh what america's about and he says this almost every podcast. He says he's not married to his beliefs, which I think is like a great example too. It just shows like changing your viewpoint, changing your beliefs, changing your ideas doesn't have to be so scary. It doesn't have to be a such a painful process. If you right. just kind of just keep more of an open mind. I mean, obviously stay critical and keep an open mind and not just have to toe that that ideology like just kind of relax a little bit be brave put your big boy pants on or your big girl <laughs> pants on and go do a hike yeah. i want you to pick up a rock and put it down 
Yeah. Your doctor Wasn't that a great example? Allegedly. Man, that was my uh, that was my last rant, man. It was good. It was a good one. I pick things up and I put them down. Actually, what I want you to do is go out into the woods with a wounded rabbit call. And when the mountain lion shows up, I want you to throw a rock at it and run. Because that's how you'll get exercise, and that's how you'll be driven through life and death. Go. And if somebody's slower than you, you have to wait for them. (laughs) You have to wait for them to catch up, because you are not allowed to be faster than them through your hard work or your training regimens. And if you get eaten by the lion, it was because of your privilege. Yeah, I learned a very, I learned a valuable lesson uh, getting chased um, through the city by a transvestite hooker that you don't have to be fast, you just have to be faster than the guy next to you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did he have a meat hook? <laughs> I don't know, man. I didn't really stick around. So before we finish up, I wanted to take an opportunity to clarify from a previous podcast. Um, was it the Suez Canal or was it Alex Jones? I was talking about. No more clarifications. We no. mean everything we say. No, I wanted because it was confusing the way I was talking about it. I was talking about alternative culture. I meant counterculture, and I wanted to go on a rant. If you could let me, on. I will allow it. The birth of counterculture, because it all ties into what we've been talking about, too. And I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> so, okay, so what we were talking about, like, mainstream culture right now is what's being taught on college campuses. It's about, you know, white fragility. It's about um, being anti-racist. It's about being anti-sexist, all these things and denouncing your friends for having opposing beliefs, denouncing people publicly for thinking the way that they do, like it has anything to do with you think anyways. Um, I was just like thinking about what really, what counterculture really is and what it really means in society and right now we have the romanticization being popular, like the popular idea of counterculture being what would, you know, the progressives, the radical left has historically been counterculture because historically the most oppressive were, you know, white men, if, if you want to go with that narrative. And now it seems what, you know, is the most oppressive power in society is like the radical left. They're, they're repressing, you know, the right, they're repressing parlor, they're repressing, um, you know, all these right wing kind of news outlets and, not saying that the right wing is 100% right and perfect, but it's kind of creating this counterculture movement that I think we're going to look back on historically, you know, libertarians as being the counterculture movement of the day, of, of this era, you know? And a lot of people don't want to admit that. They don't want to even think about it. They don't. One of them, at least. One of the groups. Yeah. 
But I'm just seeing like all these intellectuals that are coming out. I named like a few earlier that are doing these podcasts like Michael Malice and Dave Smith and Whitney Webb. and What? Weinstein. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So they're not necessarily libertarian, but in contrast to how crazy politics is getting now, like libertarian used to sound like a crazy thing, like a crazy idea. But I think more and more intellectuals are being are flying over to the libertarian side because after seeing a whole year of this country taking away our rights for a perceived or a real threat, however you believe COVID to be, regardless, they've taken away a lot of our rights, whether you think it's justified or not, that's a scary thing. Same as the Patriot Act, whether it's justified or not, we don't have privacy anymore. Bottom line, we just don't. And I think it's just really cool to just, I think the three of us and all the people that are on this show, we kind of have our thumb on the pulse of this movement. And I just think it's really historically significant that we're living through it. And I just wanted to say that. <laughs> we're punk rock. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're <laughs> this, is, this is what punk rock is in this generation. And everyone wants to think about how cool counterculture was in a, decades ago. And we'll, at the same breath, throw this counterculture movement under the bus. But they're going to see in the future that maybe we had valid concerns you know maybe we were right about some scary shit going on right now yeah eat it nerds we were the cool ones <laughs> nerds nerds good night folks <laughs> just kidding follow us on every john do you have anything to add bro before we wrap this up <laughs> uh me no i i don't think so i just think that if you want to learn something, you can get it for free on the internet now. You don't have to go to college to get it. Definitely. If you're going to college, you're going for the experience. That's it, really. And just real quick, uh, John, I don't know if you want to elaborate that. You've been to college. You have a bachelor's degree as well, and you and Mary have collectively eight years of college between you. Uh, what college yeah, did you I, go to? I have a, uh, a bachelor of arts in English with a minor in creative writing from uh, the University of Connecticut. And I had started my uh, master's in education at uh, uh, Eastern Connecticut State University. Um, But, you know, that's a long story. But basically, the administration and I did not see eye to eye. And and, uh, and that's when I uh, left the higher education scene. (laughs) It's interesting. I appreciate you laying that out there because you and Mary collectively have about Almost 10 years of college education at prestigious schools, UConn, UCLA, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and I think that's insightful. You're not just some, some whatever desert people like me talking about college. You know? No, and, and I don't like my intent is not to undermine the value of higher education. Oh, I think of course that, not. And that's not the point of this show at you know, all. And because I, think, I, le- I yeah. learned a tremendous amount of valuable um, skills uh, at, at college, you know, at those colleges. The, the problem is that, you know, higher education is not just about learning anymore. Now they are places of indoctrination where professors are implanting their own political agendas into students and students are implanting 
their victimhood into professors and the university administrations. And what we have now is, is a complete breakdown of what uh, you know, the pursuit of knowledge should be into this uh, marketable uh, loan trap where, you know, the federal government is pumping out loans and making, you know, anyway, um, it, we need to get back to the pursuit of knowledge in its purest form. And I think the best way to do that is to expose yourself to opposing opinions like you can on, on this show. And and then and then just seek knowledge on your own. You don't need someone to teach you. You can be your own best teacher. It takes some it takes some practice um, to become a you know a self teacher, but but you really truly can learn whatever you want to learn if you put if you was willing to put your you know put the time into it. I hundred percent agree. I uh, Mary. Yeah, me too. I do. I appreciate you both being on. Uh, you really helped me formulate an idea of what the show's supposed to be, and every every guest that joins us helps us do so. I know Mary is always researching. She's always absorbing information from intellectuals that she both agrees with and disagrees with and all in between. Same with myself, same with John. And we all are researching different sides of sort of this universe we're living in right now, this simulation, if you want to call it that. And uh, <laughs> we come together, yeah, our powers Joe. combined, and uh, create this show called Everyone is Canceled. We appreciate you guys joining us. If you would like to reach out to us, we are on Instagram and Facebook, Everyone is Canceled, 1L. Uh, you can send us a message. If you want to hear us talk about anything, you are welcome to do so. We should have some merchandise out soon, T-shirts, etc. because who doesn't want a shirt that says, Everyone is Canceled? Especially one that says allegedly on the back. Yes. <laughs> Have a couple different versions out there. John, Mary, thank you guys very much for being on the show. Cancel me, I dare you. I can't, I dare you. I cancel the big red phone. You just, <laughs> just, we'd love to be canceled. <laughs> well, you are because everyone is canceled, John. It's the name of the show. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you for listening. This show has been um, just moving up and up, and I'm pretty sure we're going to start flying soon and evolving and uh, allegedly being canceled after that. Allegedly. (laughs) If you want to send us a big red phone, we need one at our studio to receive (laughs) calls from Satan to tell us what to say. We would appreciate it. Wait, if we get a red phone for Satan, can we have a blue phone for Alex Jones? Alex Jones, come on, man. We need a direct line to you. If we, if we, if Satan's getting to us already, we need you and your cape and your abilities to find to gay frogs to defend us. He did have a cameo um, as as God in I forget what movie it was, but you know, check it out on on that episode. He's a magnificent being. He's powerful. He's barrel chested. <laughs> He can handle anything. <laughs> the guy's just, he just radiates power. Alex Jones, we want you on the show. It's got to happen. I'm pretty sure you're going to be here soon. I'm just seeing it happen. <laughs> Anyways, folks, thank you for sitting by our extremely smart intellectual conversation. Allegedly. <laughs> we are allegedly real. You are allegedly <laughs> listening. And this is allegedly everyone is canceled. Good night, folks. It's all a simulation.
Happy games. Everyone was crazy. Everyone was crazy. Everyone was crazy.